What's up, friends? Dr. Javi here for another episode of Big Stick Energy. This week, we have a great guest for you, as always. I woke up this morning to snow on my snowmobile, and it's probably the first time I've like really thought about skiing because it's mostly been raining here lately, which has made the mountain bike trails really awesome. Finally have some moisture on our trails, and it's been really fun riding my bike. But yeah, now now there's snow on my snowmobile and I'm really starting to flip the switch and think about getting all my winter fitness in order, which is currently not a thing. Our guest this week, stoked to bring you this conversation with Amy Ertel. She is a local rider that grew up in the Whistler-Pemberton area here out on the coast. And you really can't go wrong with the riding out out in Whistler like there's a reason why there's so many awesome riders that come out of here and Amy growing up was one of the only girls on her mountain bike team and a hub even like Whistler there still wasn't a lot of kids growing up that were riding in the women's field and that's like really only like five ten years ago so Kind of cool to see how that shifted for her from being one of the only girls on the podium, always competing against herself, to now having more of a community. We talked about how she sets up her bike, some basic tips for for all the girls out there, and what her year was like with going to Dark Horse for her very first time. So lots in here. Amy's also a nurse, so the girl after my own heart, balancing sports and fun. We will bring this episode to you after a couple of quick ads. It's time for the Big Stick Energy slash Out of Collective Sports Nutrition Tip of the Week, sponsored by Mirror Energy, the real food energy gel made for mountain athletes that doesn't taste like butt. Here's your first tip for our our new tip series, athletes need more carbs during big mountain days. Sounds like something we've all heard before, but none of us all like we we are all guilty of not listening to this from time to time. Did you know that if you're training or touring for over an hour, you need to start adding in replacement carbohydrates? That's because your body's using up your body's carbohydrate storage called glycogen as energy for training. If you run out of these carbs, you're just on your way to a one-way ticket to Bonk Town, my friend. So how do you keep yourself from heading straight to Bonk Town without upsetting your stomach? Mirror Energy is all about providing different options for different energy needs. And in this case, the fast burning energy gels like strawberry, blueberry, bergamot, or my personal favorite lately, the red raspberry are especially made to be high in easily digestible carbohydrates with less fiber and fat to slow you down. They're much tastier than last year's old crusty dried up protein bar you got sitting in your pack from last touring season. If you know, you know, calling you out. Mirror Energy products use simple ingredients and whole foods to support long-term health for humans, for the planet, and you do not have to be a pro to fuel like a pro. Use the discount code OUTABOUNDS for 15% off on their website. Tell them that Blueberry Bergamot is your favorite flavor and put that in your order note. They promise to to throw you in something special. 
There are a lot of blanket options on the market, but only one that's dedicated to sustainability, and that is Rumpel Blankets. I love wearing my down puffy blanket around the house or around the campsite with the cape clip on, like the comfort witch that I am. And what we love about Rumpel, uh, for me personally, like I just get so down with brands that are really keyed into being sustainable. Rumpel, for example, recycles over 5 million plastic water bottles a year to offset their carbon footprint. Their products are also very great technically with weather resistant, durable, and just like generally cozy, cozy products. It's great for camping. It's great for lounging on the couch. Like you really can't go wrong with your Rumpel blanket. You can use the code out of bounds for 15% eligible products, loads of different patterns on their website, different colors. So you'll definitely get something that matches your kit, matches your decor. So once again, out of bounds, 15% off of Rumpel Blankets. I always ski my best when I look my cutest and nothing completes a kit like a really cute neck tube or standout balaclava and as well as keeping you warm. You gotta be comfortable and cute. It's a combo. We also love brands that are into sustainability and that's why I'm happy to talk about function wear today. So not only do they have really cute patterns in all of their products on their site, there's something for everyone there. And I like truly like you will find a pattern that you love because there's a lot of different options and they have sustainability in mind. An average of six plastic water bottles goes into each product. This helps save water, and they also divert scrap materials from the landfills. So a lot of cool things that they do to, to keep their carbon footprints in mind. The product doesn't suffer technically, and they use a plant-based water repellent, which prevents the, the balaclava or the neck tube from freezing up. I think we've all probably experienced a neck tube that you you're trying to breathe through it but the condensation just freezes it up on you and then you end up being uncomfortable function wear has thought this through they have a water repellent on their products which is really awesome you can check everything out at www.functionwear.com use the code out of bounds for 10 percent off of your purchase because i want you to look cute feel cute and ski cute okay Thanks for hanging in there through our ad reads. And without further ado, here is episode 45 of Big Stick Energy with guest Amy Ertel dropping in three, two, one. Amy, do you want to introduce yourself quickly? Kind of let everybody know like what you do and I don't know, your time to shine and introduce yourself. Yeah, for sure. Um, my name's Amy Ertel. I'm 20 years old, almost 21. I grew up in Pemberton, just north of Whistler, in a small town, which is not as small of a town anymore, but moved to Whistler when I was about 12. Uh, my dad's a mountain biker, so I kind of got into riding through him, and, you know, he would go away on four-hour trail rides, and I'd want to know where he would go, so I quickly, once I, I was a gymnast growing up, so once I quit gymnastics when I was, like, 13, I started joining my dad on these trail ride adventures and yeah definitely riding above my ability when I was young in Pemberton and Whistler like there's so much gnarly terrain and it's like quite a tricky learning curve 
so I really like enjoyed mountain biking just for fun and trail riding uh, with my dad. And I don't know, it was kind of like a natural progression of it going into a more competitive state. Um, again, growing up as a gymnast, I definitely was competitive and yeah, biking was fun. And then once I kind of started to groove a bit with it, I wanted to see what I could do and got into enduro racing when that was first starting out and that was super trendy. And um, a bunch of my buddies at school, we would all go away on the weekends and race enduros. And yeah, honestly, I was so bad at it, but I was like the only girl in my category. So I was, I was enjoying it. I was on the podium any weekend, every weekend, even though it was a horrible race, you know, you're only racing against yourself. And um yeah I kind of realized that I wanted to change it up a bit and race downhill and race downhill for a while and then got more into crankwork side of things growing up in Whistler there's crankworks is always such a big push and so fun so got more into crankworks over the past couple of years and with that some more free ride especially with COVID and everything I was able to kind of focus less on just riding fast tech stuff and focus more on jumps and having fun with that and yeah, it's just kind of been history ever since, just riding jumps and free ride stuff. I like already have a lot of questions. <laughs> like, yeah. um, okay, first of all, 100% Whistler is gnarly. I went there uh, for a couple weeks with my boyfriend this summer, and I'm like, this is like my second year of mountain biking. Um, more consistently, I had one season like seven years ago on like a 29er. Um, but going to to Whistler, it was like one getting up to the trails is like half of the battle because you just have to pedal like a super long distance. And then coming down the trails is just like a completely different type of riding than anything that we have around Calgary, like out at Moose or in Canmore. But one of the best parts is that things don't stab you out there like they do here. Like everything's just a little bit more cushy. Like I like went riding with Renee because she's in Vancouver. Um, where do we go? What's the, where do we go with Jay? Uh, we rode Seymour. So we took Tori down like some Seymour Lomers. And First time. Yeah, yeah. Like I love bringing people to do those shuttle laps because it's like true loam when it's good. It's like proper loam of like what you dream it to be. It's yeah. So Except like I'm like pretty new. Renee's way more experienced than I am. And then like Jay and Roger just, you know freaks of nature on bicyclettes um but we like renee we did renee didn't really know like what my ability was we haven't been mountain biking very much together so for the first couple times anytime there was any type of drop like if it's like half a foot like it's a little bit of a skip she would like stop to tell me about it but i would be too close behind her and then i'd have to slam on the brakes and every time i went like over the handlebars so i ate shit like four times on the first lap awesome. i know and there was one that was like a full like running to like tuck and roll on my shoulder but luckily yeah. everything's so squishy out there I was fine because <laughs> like man if that happened to Moose Mountain in Bragg Creek I don't know if you ever rode there like I would be torn to pieces it's just dry and rocky yeah we definitely do have some good low mo here especially when the conditions are good like if we've just had a rain or in the summer it just turns into dust but yeah no when you when you crash into loam it's not too bad <laughs> yeah i know that like some of the trails that i rode when i was in whistler just like it was raining pretty much the whole time we were there they're either like muddy or they were tacky and i just felt like a freaking 
a badass motherfucker. <laughs> like I just yeah. was ripping and ripping and it was great. Um, but anyways, Whistler, that's dope. Second of all, gymnastics, like were you like, did you specialize in tumbling or like what was your thing in gymnastics? I was in artistic gymnastics. So kind of everything. Um, I was on the competitive team for like five years and just did everything like vault, bars, beam and floor. And I definitely enjoyed floor the most. Um, it's actually really cool ever since I've gotten into more like free ride stuff I definitely realized that like the tricks come faster than yeah I think um just having like that air awareness and body awareness of how to move and be fast and be precise which has been really cool and yeah it's just it just gets so satisfying learning tricks and enjoying the process but yeah I definitely chalk that up to gymnastics for sure what's like the like pain level comparison of like taking bales like gymnastics is freaking gnarly but like you also have to be so incredibly fit um but what about like like comparison like learning tricks taking bales mountain biking versus gymnastics like what's the what's the threshold there yeah it's definitely there's a couple of things that are pretty similar like gymnastics we'd always kind of learn things in the foam pit um or on the trampoline first before we bring it to a different apparatus Biking's actually getting pretty cool in that sense too. Like this past winter was like my first time. I was in Vancouver for uh, for finishing up school, and I was going to Air Rec down in Maple Ridge quite a bit. And they have a a airbag, and so learning tricks into the airbag is is pretty good. Like it, it's a really soft landing if if it's at the right pressure and. Yeah, you can learn a lot of things on there. There's foam pits for riding too. So that kind of progression is super similar, which is really nice. Um, You can kind of step it from like foam pit to airbag and then take it to mulch before you go to dirt. And just kind of that preparation and progression is super similar to gymnastics. But I ought to say like crashing, like riding downhill if it's not loam definitely hurts a lot more than gymnastics because you're never going that fast in gymnastics like just the speed and also like a lot of the worst crashes in biking I've had is like my bike falling on top of me and that's just an added factor that like doesn't happen in gymnastics you don't have to worry about it's just your body so it's similar but I would definitely say downhill is quite a bit more painful I've definitely had more injuries in in biking than gymnastics too (laughs) Yeah, no kidding. I like speaking of like bike going on top of you. One of my biggest fails at Whistler Bike Park was like on Beeline, which is one of the easiest blues. And I was just cruising and I rode this one corner so horrifically bad that I like tried to save myself, but I just basically like sent my bike off of the corner. And it's like the easiest one of the not the easiest, but like it is like one of the trails you normally would warm up on or start yeah, out on kind of shuts off yeah and I just was going so fast I got road rash down the entire side of my body and my friend had to lift my bike up off of me because I was pinned under it and she's like are you okay are you okay I'm like I'm fine I just can't get out from under my bike <laughs> yeah you do get proper pinned under your bike like sometimes it does take another person and it's the worst feeling ever you're just hopeless 
Yeah, especially when you've got like a thick ass bike. Like I've got a Norco Sight A2 with the aluminum frame and yeah. I have my bike to weight ratio, like I am five foot four and weigh like 120 soaking wet. Like I do not weigh that much and like pedaling that thing uphill and when you bail with it, it's so fucking heavy. <laughs> like if I, I was going to go tumbling with that thing, I don't think I would come out okay. Luckily, I seem to be very like it like skillful at dismounting my bike in awkward situations i am happy i'm not clipped in because i probably would not be here today to be honest that was my dh bike so it was proper heavy yeah yeah slams on on the dh bike yeah you get pretty pinned under there yeah i have to say like i guess the only time i've been on a real downhill rig was when uh i went to the whistler bike park actually with renee two summer was that two summers ago that was a while ago. That was like 2020. At least three. Yeah, shit. That was like my only day on a bike that summer because I was really into rock climbing and skateboarding at the time. But um, that was my only time on like a full downhill rig. And they like ride so different to like my Norco or anything that's like enduro focused, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, they just like they're super slack. They're heavy. They like just absolutely brap corners you just feel like you can charge over anything they just like absorb and deflect i don't know it's just a completely different experience i don't know how to use any of the language i'm such a fucking noob but it was dope yeah i think the easiest way to put that is just downhill bikes are so planted planted yeah yeah they just like like they can planted they they're just heavier and have so much more suspension so they stay lower to the ground and they're able to kind of absorb it all Whereas a de- or a trail bike, you can kind of just like chatter over everything and you're kind of getting bumped around. Yep. I just say that it feels like landing on a cloud, like riding jumps on a DH bike. You land and you're like, oh, I think yeah. I touched the ground again. <laughs> yeah, it's like you don't even feel the landing if you hit it right. Yeah, that would be nice on my knees. They're not feeling too hot lately. And my elbows. And sometimes like if I'm... I just started pushing myself this year to ride steeper, like more technical lines. And I got to say, like the claw at the end is super bad sometimes. (laughs) Like my fingers are so cramped and I'm so like jacked up. Like the veins are just massive on my arms. Um, Yeah. Anyways, I'm definitely a noob, but mountain biking's dope. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, You had mentioned like when you're growing up, there's – just you on the podium and it wasn't really that popular at that time and obviously this has changed now and and you still compete quite a bit uh, more on the DH side and crankworks etc but you're obviously not the only girl anymore and how how is that having a community now of girls and not just like being one of the boys all the time yeah it's actually so sick like enduro was so new when I first started racing it and there was a a series like around BC called the BC Enduro Series and that's even changed now into like the Canadian National Enduro Series and it's all over Canada but when I was first starting out with that it was like a pretty competitive boys category like all high school boys and they were like a bunch of my buddies and you know we'd hang out every weekend at the races and ride together and they really took me in like quite well and you know I just had fun and learned a lot from them but it was kind of like there would be like two or three girls sometimes like on a good race. Um, but that would be kind of like maximum. So it, it was definitely strange. Like, you know, you go into a race and you're kind of racing against yourself and you don't, 
like if it's a new venue, you don't really have any goals at the venue and, you know, you try to ride fast, but you don't really know like comparable, like how, like what your times are looking like. You try to compare them to the pros, but you know, you're 14 or 15 years old and you're just like so far off. You don't know if you're going fast for your age or slow. And it was definitely weird. Um, but now seeing, so I actually, I, I raced enduro for a couple of years and then switched like downhill BC cups and Canada cups. And there was usually a full podium, like at all those downhill races, which was sweet. And yeah, that was really fun. But again, like you kind of always knew you were going to be on the podium if you finished the race. Um, but now like seeing the, the junior girls categories, like it's actually quite competitive, like even here in BC and there was, a the enduro national like nationals here in whistler a couple weeks ago and just went to watch i was like it was the day i actually drove back from dark horse and just went and watched and it was a pretty physical course like a pretty good course and i just went because a bunch of my buddies were racing and like at the awards afterwards like there was so many young girls categories and full podiums and girls around and everything and I just think like five or six years ago when that was me it was like so depressing I would stand at the top of the podium every time because I was the only person so it's really inspiring like Canada's definitely got a lot of young girls coming up the ranks that are super motivated really good riders and definitely you know they're in the best place to really push your skills like having the bike park here having gnarly terrain and We've got the shore, we've got Whistler, Pemberton, and Squamish, like everything on the island. Like there's so much here and it's really sick to see like the younger girls taking advantage of it. And it's, it's honestly really inspiring. Yeah. That's like dreams. That's, that's what you want to happen with the sport is to have the younger generation, like really take it up and see it excel because 10 years down the road, those are the girls that are going to be pros and they're going to be, keep on pushing the limits because right now like we've got formation and we've got dark horse and you're getting that progression and it's just going to keep filtering down and it's going to be some of those girls now that are racing in the junior category that are going to show up to these events 10 years from now and we're going to be like holy shit did she just do that yeah i think she just did that mm -hmm. <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah no it's super sick to see like even there's some young girls around here that I've seen them like just follow them on Instagram or whatever, but they're like 15, 16 years old and they're sending features that like some girls have never hit before in Whistler. And I'm like, Oh my God. I like rewatching the videos. Like, man, like, I don't even know if like would I hit that, like, I'm not too sure. And here's this like 16 year old little shredder with like, you know, barely any meat on your bones at that age, just being a skinny little athletic girl. And they're just absolutely getting after it. And Bring, like they're all riding together and racing together and traveling together and it's so sick to see like it's definitely super motivating like being young and having all those girls around you I really wish I had that I can't even imagine like how helpful that would be riding with with girls your age when you're young and yeah but you got to go to Dark Horse was that your first time at Dark Horse or yeah, yeah, it was this year. Uh, I was really hoping to go last year, but I had a broken wrist that ended up needing surgery. So I wasn't quite riding it when it rolled around. But yeah, I got a message from Casey like a couple months before Dark Horse. And she's like, hey, gonna throw it on again. Like, would love to have you out. And Casey's been super cool. Like, she's always been kind of like a someone I've looked up to. And 
mentored me through some crankworks racing and she's just been like a really good friend through it all and it was a no-brainer for me to to head out there and ride the course was a bit different this year um I know they made the drop landing a bit more progressive instead of just as steep as it was last year after there was a couple incidents um and then they made the main jump a bit more of a hip like a left hip which was really fun and uh it was really progressive like there was a bunch of young girls out there and you know there's some girls that travel like there's a girl Eris she's an absolute shredder but she came all the way out from New Zealand for this and it was really cool to see just a bunch of girls from all over that some of them I'd never met before but at the end of the week like we were all good friends and riding bikes all day together enjoying meals together you know going to the pool afterwards together and it was just a really good like girls event I've never been to like an all girls event really before like a couple like little jump jams whatever for the day but nothing that was like a week we're all together we're all the way from home and we're all going to ride this course and you know do some sick filming ride the bike park I'd actually never been to Revy so that was pretty cool and bike park there's so sick some really good jumps and yeah the whole sit like the whole week was just so fun I just really enjoyed it there was so much riding just even off the bike it was just so fun and yeah I really hope that they're gonna do it again next year and yeah looking forward to it yeah I mean we spoke to Bailey last uh last week about that jump and her crash on it so Mm -hmm. we've definitely covered the landing and possible issues that the landing had yeah yeah no honestly kudos to her for even coming out this year like if I had a crash that big I I don't think I would even show up <laughs> it's a tough one mentally yeah mm-hmm, yeah um did you have any highlights of being at Dark Horse like any moments that really clicked for you and you're like yeah like th- this is it this is what it's about you know yeah honestly like I got to say the biggest standout moment for me was, you know, we had looked at the course like the day that we had all got there. And then the next morning we all showed up and, you know, we did a little course walk and just all the girls are up there and no one's ridden it. Like Casey hadn't ridden the course. Like we didn't even really know how it rode. And all of a sudden the like Marshall just like drops the chain and he's like, okay, course is open. And we're like, you know, all kind of standing around. We're all on our bikes. Like what's going to happen? And I was like, I'm kind of someone that takes me a little bit to piece things together. And I was kind of expecting to get through the course by the end of the day. But as soon as that chain dropped, all of us were kind of like, who's going to go first? Who's going to go first? Like no one was really like, everyone was just super nervous. And then Natasha Miller, who's an absolute savage, she just dropped in, rode the whole course just like right away. And she just floated and looked so good. And no one even wrote it after her like we waited for her to come back up and we were all like okay like how was it and she's like it's easy it's fine just ride it and then we all watched her ride it again and um she's just super rad super solid rider and yeah she definitely like inspired all of us and I got through the whole course like after like three runs and I was really pumped about that that was like a more of a standout moment for me because I'm usually someone that's like so analytical with new jumps and I like to watch them, you know, takes me like a little bit to just actually get myself over because I, I hate the feeling of first hits. Like I genuinely hate it. I hate feeling sketchy. I hate feeling like I'm out of control. So when I can really absorb everything that the jump or the drop like is doing to the riders and what, like how it's actually affecting the bike and, um, 
yeah, it just kind of allows me to like when I actually ride the futures for the first time, I feel less awkward or less scared. So I actually got through it like within the first like 15 minutes of the course being open. And that was pretty exciting for sure. Yeah, there's a couple important things you say there um, that I want to highlight. And I, I need to find this article and post it somewhere because I know I said it like in the beginning of the podcast at one point and lots of people were interested in it, but there is mountain bike literature that says that women progress better in all women groups because men have four spaces in their brain for spatial ability, whereas women have zero. And that's why like you being analytical and liking to see someone else do it and really think about it and, and really like have that visualization before you ever even go to do it instead of just seeing your buddy do it and be like, Oh yeah, I can do that. And like going ahead and doing it. It's actually like how our brains are slightly different in how progression has to kind of cater to that. So an event like dark horse, where you have the opportunity to piece these things together, to see other people do it, to feed off of each other, actually really works well for that kind of way that women tend to progress. And that's reflected in literature about mountain biking, which is kind of cool. Um, and I, I need to like find a place that I can post that because I know people DM me and are like, but where's this article? Like, I have it. I do yeah. have it. It's saved on my computer, but I just need a better way of sharing it. And I think mm -hmm. that that's a really cool fact that just kind of helps to... I don't think prove is necessarily the right word, but like support exactly what yeah. you're saying with why something like dark horse actually like really supports the way that you learn mountain biking. Yeah. I think, I think that that article also fits into everything Amy said about like watching young girls come up with a community of other like young girls and chicks to ride with, because like if you're able to progress with people that have a similar like one biology, as you mentioned, um, with the way that they they view features, they push themselves, the way that they need to process information before they're able to like go into a line. It's like that is like a whole other playing field. Um, like Amy, I'm sure you're aware that I don't know. I I grew up as like one of the boys. Like you want to be one of the boys and all of like these adrenaline sports spaces and. When you're with the boys, it's just like, just freaking hit it. Just send it. You're like, well, I kind of want to look at like the takeoff first and like maybe do this. Yeah. And like there are times where I've had so much Red Bull and I'm listening to Meg the Stallion where I will just jump off random things. But for the most part, I want to look at it beforehand. So like one representation, looking around and seeing people that look like you are progressing like you are hitting shit like you and like having that safe space and then two being able to do it and figure out together and that like increases confidence like super freaking important aspect to the development of the sport and that's why dark horse is again just like next level yeah for sure i i completely agree with that like even just as simple as if you're following a guy into a jump and you follow their speed and you know you just kind of lock onto their back wheel if they're bigger and taller and you know, they usually don't have to go as fast as you. But if you're following someone that's small and really similar to your size and, you know, the wind affects you the same as them and their speed's really similar to yours, it's it's a lot more, like, confidence-inspiring. Um, you definitely feel better about going into it. And, yeah, like, especially with Dark Horse not being a competition, I think that was so good for the progression. There was nobody that felt pressured to go through the course um, people were kind of progressing at their own pace. It's not like we all have to get through it today because qualies is tomorrow. And 
that's something that's so cool and has developed into other areas um creating like women's categories especially like in freeride mountain bike the fmb competitions this is the first year that they've had women's categories and the girls are crushing it and it's so sick to see and you know like it's not just randomly one girl will be able to show up and get to ride the course with the boys it's actually like a a handful of them that are all riding together and yeah I think it's I think it's super cool not to just throw one girl in with all the boys because a lot of people well a lot of crashes happen when people don't acknowledge the difference um like actually on a biological scale like you were saying both of you how females are so different to males like actually in an anatomical way and we don't need to be the same and if you look at sports like ski racing girls and guys aren't racing the same downhill courses and it's already crazy enough that at downhill world cups that girls are racing the same courses as the guys like that's not as common in a lot of sports people are a lot more segregated um in gender categories and I think mountain biking is a, a weird one because a lot of the girls are trying to push to be exactly at the same level as the guys and doing the same things as the guys. And I think we need to acknowledge and respect the fact that we're never going to be the same. We're definitely working in a way to be a lot closer and sending bigger things for girls and for our bodies. But we need to understand that there's the difference and respect the difference. Because um, once you cross over that border, that's when we've seen a lot of accidents happen but it's so sick to see the progression like it's going to keep coming and so pumped to be a part of it yeah Yeah. I'm gonna whip sorry I'm gonna whip this out because I haven't said in a long time but used to be like one of my favorite things when I was in the the starts of my angry feminism so shut up let me do it (laughs) (laughs) do you know you probably know fuck performing like a dude for a dude or to please a dude is not the standard yeah it should not be the standard. There no. should be no like comparison. There should not be like, well, she's pretty good for a girl or like, yeah, you know, I've that's not that big so of a deal. Times. Like if she was like a dude, she wouldn't be sponsored or like, what yeah. the fuck? Like she doesn't deserve this. It's like, yeah. dude, sit down, sit your privileged motherfucking ass down yeah. and shut the fuck up. Yeah, like, I'm 100%. sorry. You're entitled chapped butthole. Thinks they can come in here and spew that shit to tear women yeah. down when they're just doing their thing. Like, who gave you the fucking right? Yeah. Sorry, excuse me. That was like, but way it's more also women that I that wanted is- it to be. <laughs> and oh, it is. Good. It's also women that aspire to that because that's what, like, they've seen and and how they've been treated. Um, but even like on the injury front, I I don't have my other computer here because I just bought a new computer to work with all of our audio equipment. But I also have found research in mountain biking on differences in injury rates. And women in comp- in competitive mountain biking actually get injured more than men. Yeah. And the things that they attribute their injuries to are also different. Like if on like for women, when they get injured, they are a little bit more retrospective in accepting that that in their mind the injury is more so uh either a result of fatigue or a lack of skill is how mm. they often will attribute the injury. Whereas men are just like, Oh, I, I guess I was going fast. Like, yeah, they're, they're less likely to attribute their injuries to any kind of lack of skill and basically mm-hmm. just attribute it to risk taking. For sure. I think it's definitely something that's been brushed over in women's mountain biking. And uh, there's definitely been 
I don't know, through the past couple of years, an unrealistic image of where women's mountain biking is trying to be. And I think like the safety of it and like we're taking such big risks every day on our bikes and the risks that the guys are taking or the hits that the guys are taking are just so different. And, you know, we're seeing guys crash so big and have such gnarly injuries and having a smaller like bone structure and body structure like you see a guy come away you know like some crashes at rampage with a broken back or two broken hips and you think if a girl was in that magnitude of an of a crash it it could look a lot different um but yeah it's just definitely one of those weird sports that there isn't much segregation and the girls are getting stronger and better and they want to just like be one of the guys and I remember growing up and being a part of the high school like crew of bikers and we'd all go riding after school and we'd ride trails that I'd never ridden before it'd be like me or one other girl that were out and like would ride stuff without even looking at it and you know you get to the bottom of like just barely surviving because you want to keep up with the guys and you're like you know like I'm 14 or 15 like I probably should have looked at that like my bike setup is like absolutely horrible like I have no idea what like I never used to look at my bike before a ride you know like it was like so many times just like the absolute worst setup ever and yeah there's definitely times where where girls are like running away from the realistic image of of understanding that there is a difference and acknowledging that and being okay with it it's not to say that you can't send as hard or do what you want to do like everyone's gonna do what feels right and and try to reach their dreams but there's definitely some things that we need to consider before, you know, adding a girl to rampage. And that's definitely going to happen down the line, but it doesn't mean that the girl's lines have to be the exact same as the guys. It can be a separate category, you know, like there's so much room for progression in the girls and um, I'm stoked to be a part of it, but I just want it all to be done safely. Yeah. And I think formation is doing that Mm -hmm. and having space for like the like women and also like non-binary or Mm -hmm. just like female identifying folk are going to these events and they're building their own lines you know Mm -hmm. building lines for people who look like them and who they are aspiring to be Mm -hmm. and it's pretty cool to just kind of have that happening Mm -hmm. it's super sick I did oh man I had a question and it's like escaped me oh um it comes back yeah, I mean, there's a. I have a lot of other questions, but I feel like now I'm just gonna end up like swerving to something else because I forgot where I was gonna go I'm with sorry. that. Me the but question. sure, <laughs> you grew up mountain biking while going to high school, and then mm-hmm. you still kept mountain biking while going to university. Mm-hmm. How have you managed? Oh, okay. I'm gonna ask this question. And I remember what my other question was. Okay. How- Honestly, my other question. Oh my gosh, I like <laughs> Brittany. I think you I just short circuited real hard. Yeah. I know what I'm doing. Night okay, shift brain. <laughs> I want to. It is my night shift brain. Yeah. I want to ask my first question while we we're still on that topic. Okay. You mentioned, you mentioned um, bike setup and not looking at your bike setup before. Mm. And I think, well. <laughs> while we're still on this topic and then we can talk about balancing biking and and life and school spit it out spit (laughs) it out sorry (laughs) god damn it okay basics of bike setup what are you checking on your bike 
Yeah, for sure. That's I all mean, I'm trying to ask yeah, in a definitely. very long-winded and terrible and shitty way. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think – I don't know if it's just me or if girls are notoriously bad at setting up their bikes, but, oh, my God, I've needed a lot of help to learn about bikes. Um, I used to never check anything. I was probably riding, like, 10 PSI on both tires for the longest time growing up, and suspension was probably way too stiff. And, you know, I was probably setting myself up for, like, the worst case scenario on every single ride to just like not have a good time and probably wasn't until like four or five years ago that I actually learned that bike setup is an important thing and it just because you pumped up your tires once this month doesn't mean that they're good for every other day of the month um just at me like yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> like, no, who honestly. shows up to the trailhead with three psi on their tires yeah like, who has know, to I'm, ask I'm really tired today it's like no it's your tires they're flat who has to ask her boyfriend what her PSI is supposed to be in the front and back every time we go biking? Uh, me. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. Um, that's definitely where I started, putting chain lube on my bike and, and putting air in my tires. That's definitely where I started. And um, suspension, something that I'm still really freaking confused on. And I know what pressures like I'm supposed to run-ish. Um I like to be independent with that kind of stuff, but I also recognize when I need help. And thankfully, my boyfriend, Casper Willie, he's a professional enduro racer, and he helps me so much with my bike setup. Like before Dark Horse, like I would just be like, you know, like this doesn't feel that great. Like, is this what I should be running for jumps? And he just like jumped around on my bike for like an hour and fixed everything up. And then I had a pink bike bike check and they asked me a bunch of, but you know, like what pressure are you running in your fork and in your shock? Like, you know, all, all these stuff. Like, did you change your rotor size? Like, I'm like, I should call my boyfriend before we do this because I actually don't really know. And I'm not embarrassed to say that because he is a wizard with suspension and all that stuff. And like all the clicks, like, I just swapped over to um, Fox Suspension this year. They're supporting me, and he rides for Fox, and he just knows everything, and he's so incredibly analytical about bike setup. And why would I, like, half-guess something that could work out or could send me really nose-heavy when I could, you know, just get him to help me? So sometimes you just got to know when to ask for help, I guess what I'm saying. Like, pump up your tires, you know, give your bike a wash so that dirt doesn't get built up everywhere and lube your chain. That's about all. I mean, I'm definitely dating my boyfriend because he's like part-time bike bike mechanic. So yeah, it's chill. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta get what you can get out there. Work smart, definitely. not hard, ladies. Exactly. Like, <laughs> yeah, he like he says he like doesn't want to work on my bike a lot. But then when I say that, there's like one thing that kind of feels weird. He'll be jumping around on it for a couple hours trying to figure it out, and then my bike is like feels brand new. So. I think it's a love and hate for him, but, you know, it works out for me. <laughs> he's – no, that sounds like he's like, oh, I don't want it. And then the second you ask, he's like, yeah, let's go. Like, it sounds like yeah. he just loves tinkering, which is exactly yeah, like my partner. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and it's so helpful for me. <laughs> also, Casper just crushing the acts of service. <laughs> like, whatever yeah. that love language is. <laughs> yeah, literally. <laughs> yeah. Okay. What was your next question, Renee? Yeah, Spit next it out. What about <laughs> this time? I've I've got it down pat because I already know because I half said it. Um, balancing biking with school. Mm-hmm. Hard, super freaking hard. Um, 
high school, not so much. I graduated high school a year early because I absolutely hated high school and everything that came along with it. I was a bit bullied in high school and didn't enjoy being there. So I did as much as I could online and got out of school a year early, which was really nice. And um, yeah, growing up as a gymnast, like hard work's always been like ingrained into me and knowing that like I went from training like 20 hours a week and at a gymnastics facility to you know like you're kind of on your own like to figure out especially with biking like it's so weird it's not as like structured as like ski racing or gymnastics or things like that where you just kind of show up and your coach is telling you what to do and so I I fell in love with the gym um and I was like through high school is going like five days a week and um just like going to the gym as much as possible because a lot of the days like I mean our winters are so cold and snowy here it's not like we can ride that much or I couldn't drive so it's going to the gym a lot through high school and then like riding all summers um, when I had the summers off and then I took like a year off of school um, ski patrol on Blackcomb which was a really cool experience and then COVID hit and I've always wanted to be a nurse. Um, so I figured, you know, while school is kind of online, I don't have to move away. And so I went to school in the city, um, but it was mostly online, like going down the city, like once or twice a week for labs and stuff. And but then the last semester I had to move to the city, which was like last year and um, traffic sucks. Oh my God, does it ever suck? Like wanting, I was living downtown and having to, drive like an hour through traffic or more of traffic to get to the north shore to go ride and then it's like basically your daylight's done I was just like so unmotivated to like spend all the money in gas like spend so much time just like stop and go in my car and I found this wicked gym that was like two blocks away from my house and like I've always been going to the gym a lot but I'll, as much as I can like prioritize my time on the bike I will um like try to ride like four or five days a week and maybe in the gym like two or three only um so through school I was like definitely going to the gym a lot more like I would wake up and go to the gym before school and then go to school and then would drive down to Maple Ridge and go to Eric um which was like the like dirt jump facility um so I do that as much as I could I was not trail riding that much uh, when I was living in the city because it was definitely just like so hard to juggle and you know like daylight goes away so fast in the winter at Eric we can ride until 11 and have a bunch of buddies out and yeah it was just it was definitely super hard to balance but prioritizing the gym and then indoor riding was super cool and knowing that it was only for like a short stint was a lot more manageable. You just described exactly why I moved from Vancouver to the North Shore. Yeah that hurdle of having to drive through traffic at least 30 minutes to and then also home from riding and the time of year where you have that limited daylight it just like gets you to the point where you're like you don't ride because of it yeah so yeah it's um, like a muddy day and then you have to like sit in your muddy wet clothes in your car for like an hour going back it's just not ideal it's not inviting (laughs) I mean Honestly, like, shout out to people who do do that because there are loads of people who live in the city and they do and they do that and they love city life. And I'm just not that person. Mm-mm. So I can't have I, I found when they, I lived in proper Vancouver for one whole year, I gave myself a year to try it out and 
that was my biggest problem is going skiing and going biking. The hurdle of having to drive really far to do it mm-hmm. is just too much for me it's in like much. a state of mind where exercising just made me feel so much better. And if mm-hmm. I had reasons not to, like my barrier for getting out there was just that much higher. Yeah. Whether it was because of like my mental health state at the time or what, mm-hmm. but yeah, I feel you yeah, on that super real tough. hard. Super tough. Especially when like, you know, you can throw it in Google Maps from like where you are to like downtown to Seymour and it's like 20 kilometers, but it takes you an hour and a half. Like that's the most depressing thing. I would prefer it be like 45 kilometers away, but it, I would be able to drive the whole time. It's just the traffic that really gets you. And then you like show up and your brain's like kind of half asleep because it's so like repetitive, stop and go, stop and go. Just kind of a shitty ride. <laughs> Well, I'm glad you guys got out of the city, but I am still here. <laughs> so, I mean, I mean North oh. Vancouver is still a city, and I still have to drive an hour and a half to get to Whistler to go skiing. But I mean, I guess on that point, like I bought a grass pass so I can ski here too, because that was oh. another issue I had as well. Okay, like, but you can also go mountain biking like right out your door, which is sick. I, There's like yeah. no options for that in Calgary. I can literally ride my mountain bike out my door. That is. That is yeah. the truth, and that's why I live where I do. Yeah, that is the sure. freaking truth. I like I've never lived in a city before this. Um, and I guess I wasn't planning on living here if I'm perfectly honest. I was planning on moving to Wanaka, New Zealand per- permanently and like right. just like not being in Calgary. I like went to university so that I had a higher likelihood of getting residency in New Zealand because I had a degree and like could be like a skilled, you know part of their workforce but then I the pandemic happened I lost my visa couldn't go anymore and now it's been like a couple years and I'm dating a dude I own a lizard and like 40 plants and now we're just moved in together so I guess I'm here so (laughs) there you go (laughs) that's funny yeah but I agree with everything you said about like accessibility and having it just when you walk out the door I really struggle with all the steps it takes to like like you have to pack your shit, you need to get gas, you need to make plans. Mm-hmm. And then it's like a minimum hour drive to get to anything from Calgary yeah. that's like worth doing. And sometimes it's just too much. And then I end up being a potato or geeking out on some other shit at home. But yeah, um, yeah I do wish it's it was more accessible. Definitely. Yeah, it's definitely really taxing mentally. Like the thought of like sitting in traffic and going through that. It's it's definitely tough. Like on some days where you're kind of struggling getting your mojo going and all that and that was a really hard adjustment for me um like growing up in Pemberton and Whistler and being like always a couple minutes away from the trails and riding to every trail that I want to ride and to like actually pack up and and already be like tired from gym in the morning or school during the day and it was just really tough like it was I kind of realized that like I was doing it for a couple weeks and I was like getting like five hour sleeps and wasn't really enjoying it or like kind of was dreading going riding and then yeah it was just really tough so once I like found out more like once I started going to air rec a lot more and riding indoor a lot more and spending more time on my dirt jumper I found like a way better routine for me and honestly like it's kind of weird now like I actually miss it like I miss like you know I I miss a bit of city life but I I don't think I could ever move back there's definitely more to do here. I'm like still such a city noob. Like my boyfriend is like, like he, he used to live in this trendy part of 
like downtown called Bridgeland and he's got like his favorite like coffee shop that he goes and works at and like where he gets sushi and he knows like mm-hmm. every single brewery through the city and like does stuff and he was like when we started dating he was like have you been here I was like I don't know what that is it's like do you want to go here I was like what is it like where is it he was like what the fuck like what do you do yeah. I was like I literally would come to the city do school for eight months and then like save money and work. So it was just like school ski work and then go to New Zealand for four months and then come back. Like I did not plan on being here. So it's like, but like now that I've kind of gotten into city life a little bit more, like it is nice to have options. It's Mm -hmm. like, oh, I can go to the science center because there's like a, an evening exhibit for adults with alcohol. Let's fucking go. (laughs) Like I'm so down. Definitely. Yeah. There's a lot of things to do. And I, it was like so weird. It was such a shock moving to the city and then such a shock moving back. I'm like, okay, Culture what, shock. what yeah. do I what do I want here? So I'm actually moving in with my boyfriend like next week to Squamish. So closer to the city, bigger town and yeah, I think it'll it'll be a good change. Go a little in between. Squamish yeah. is dope. It is sick. We can ride like most of the winter and yeah, so close to the shore. Roger and I want to move there, but our broke asses can't afford it right now. Yeah, it's brutal. Adulting. Yep. <laughs> yep. Um, I do think we have to start winding down though. because uh, Renee actually has to go to the MSP ski movie screening premiere. I don't know what to yeah, call that. The premiere. The I premiere. do have I do have a couple questions left. Yeah. Shit. Never mind. Me. She told me we had to wrap it up at this time. So keep going. You're doing I know. great. Okay. <laughs> we still have a little bit longer because I'm not done yet. And- okay. It's fine because I'm not done. Okay, sit down. All right, go hit them. (laughs) Okay, we spoke about school. Now you're in nursing. And I know like what drew me to nursing was the potential for the um, flexibility of it. And are you finding flexibility in a nursing schedule with trying to pursue mountain biking competitively? Yeah, I definitely am. Um, sometimes it's a bit hit or miss. Like I have just like a bit more than a part-time line um, at Squamish hospital and I'm enjoying it, but I find myself like so incredibly exhausted and like adjusting to night shifts. It's hard to like flip back to days and I find I'm sleeping a lot, which is a bit frustrating and like getting out for rides and I feel tired and unmotivated. So definitely like working to adapt to that schedule and also working in a like it's like a med surge acute floor but it's definitely like a lot more like subacute and people are like awaiting long-term care and it feels like a lot more like of a almost like care aid ish vibe um which isn't as like stimulating or exactly like what I want to be doing so it's not like the most motivating job right now but once I'm moving to Squamish I have a casual uh position at Vancouver General so hopefully going to pick up more there and a little bit less at Squamish but I mean it's a sick hospital but I just don't feel as like energized as I could yeah that's awesome I still have technically a casual at, at Vancouver General myself I just like now that I'm on the shore I'm just always working here mm-hmm. <laughs> and just driving across the way to Vancouver I'm like I could yeah but yeah I'm not yeah LGH is nice though it's so close for you yeah, I, I'm like so close to work. How yeah. long have you been a nurse? Uh, I graduated in April. Okay. So not that long. Uh, girl, you're still in the breaking phase. It'll get yeah, better for you. I know. I hope so. <laughs> well, I'm also I'm an LPN. Um, I just like 
did that during COVID and came once COVID ended, I was an LPN. So um definitely gonna start my bridge program soon. I've got I, I love school. I honestly love school. I love the medical field. Like I wanna bridge to RN and then do MD. I would love to be a doctor one day. So still 20. I've got a lot of years and a lot of motivation. So we'll get there. <laughs> yeah. And then kind of my last question before we wrap up is um unless Tori has any other questions for you but what are your goals heading into next year's bike season like is there anything that you're working on this winter or any goals you have for next year that you kind of have in the back of your mind yeah for sure like I feel like ever since COVID's kind of happened I've like have so much energy and ambition like moving into these seasons and just it seems like every year there's like a perfect storm and nothing ever really works out so I'm really hoping that this year will well 2023 will be a bit better like whether it be injuries or broken bikes or COVID or anything like I've never like actually been able to do what I want to do with biking in the past like three years so for next year I'll be racing like all the Crankworks World Tour um, in Australia, New Zealand, uh, Austria and Whistler so I'll be going to those four stops and also doing like as much free ride stuff as I can. Um, hoping to go to events like Formation, Audi 9s, Proving Grounds, Dark Horse again, and just kind of all of those sort of events. And maybe a couple of like the free ride mountain bike, like slow style comps. So yeah, definitely have a jam packed calendar for next year. Um, and I'm really hoping that it can potentially be my year where things actually do work out. <laughs> Yeah, all I was going to say when I was like gobbing my, it was like that, was you're freaking 20 years old. Mm-hmm. Shut up. You got so much time. Like you're a nurse, you're shredding. You're like, when I was 15, there were no girls. And I was like, it's been five years. Like, what is this chick going to come? Like, I turned 29 in less than a month. And I'm like, what is this chick going to do by the time she's my age? Like, that's freaking dope. Hopefully be a doctor. (laughs) Hopefully be a doctor. A doctor, like, fucking racing downhill, you're good. You are solid. Yeah. Maybe you'll know the PSI in your tires. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. You never know. I'm just kidding. I'm, like, so bad. (laughs) So... (laughs) Um, Anyways, I guess now we will wrap down. You done, Renee? Yeah, I'm I'm good. I mean, I I keep talking, <laughs> but I do have a movie premiere to get to. So yeah, that's yeah. Don't I don't think I have any other questions. I know I'm hungry as hell. It's like yeah, seven o'clock here today, so I definitely need to eat some food. Um, but do you um as we're winding down, like, do you want to plug anybody? It's kind of your time to do like any shout outs or closing remarks. Tell people where yeah. to find you. Yeah, I mean definitely instagram it's my name um that's definitely the p- best place to find me amy Hotel. uh definitely a shout out to my parents for everything that they have to put up with with me with all my billion ideas and yeah just being really busy minded all the time my boyfriend casper willie he's been an absolute gem helping me through everything the past couple of years and yeah shout out to the mountain bike community you guys are freaking rad Sick. Gotta love a good classic mom and dad shout out. Oh, yeah, they're the best. Also, the patients with like potentially getting a call from the hospital, you know, that's happened yeah. to my parents a couple times. Yeah, yeah. Yep. I always try to call them like when I'm 
at the hospital and like I know I'm gonna be okay <laughs> right it's like all right let's let's mitigate panic okay yeah we're fine. Like, I'll be like totally fine like not crying yet and I'll like call my mom and she's like are you okay like what's up and then it's just a freaking puddle it's like just a broken arm or something but I'm just like ah my mom I need her here there's been there's been multiple times where like my dad knows I'm going skiing or something and it's so not normal for me to call him in the middle of the day and I'll call yeah. him he's like what did you do yeah exactly and they know <laughs> like, that you're out doing something you call and they're like something's wrong which is really funny because my dad growing up was the exact same sorry I realize we're continuing talking right now but my, my dad growing up was the exact same like he's broken one collarbone like four times the other one like three times like broken both of his legs both of his arms and it got to the point where like he would call home and my grandma's like what hospital like wouldn't yeah. even say anything else yeah <laughs> Y'all, <laughs> just daughters lifting after their their fathers out here. That's fine. Okay. Yeah. Um. Thank you so much for coming on. Hopefully, I mean, you're in Canada, so maybe we'll get to shred one time. You're definitely closer to Renee, but yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Thank you guys so much. It was a good time chatting and learning more about you too as well. Cool. Thank you.